0: Right, coming at you on a Thursday morning here. Welcome to episode number one thirty nine of Shut Up and Grind with your host yours truly, Robert B. Foster. So, why are we here on a Thursday? Because I want to be. Just saying, no. I have a very special guest that I will be bringing on. I had the pleasure of being on one of her shows, and I'm actually I actually am gonna address this now because I we got a comment before before we even went on. Because I had listed in the in the promo about an award-winning YouTuber. And I, I wrote that because when you get a certain level of subscribers, YouTube awards you, rewards you. So yes, she is an award-winning YouTuber. But we'll get there in a moment. So if you are new to the show, please like, please, please subscribe, please share. And if you don't know who the hell I am, let me introduce myself. starts with clarity of vision if you don't have the clarity of vision whatever next thing you get you're not going to see it through because you don't have the clarity of vision so the, the point of my pain was being told you will never run or jump again and all that stuff i was like you know what like i want to be able to get this even bigger you know why you do what you do, you have to know how to charge for what you do. That's how you're going to change your life, and that's how you're going to leave a legacy for your children and your family. You've got to know your work. All right, so that's me, in a nutshell. All right, so before we, we get going, you guys know I started. This was last Tuesday. We're doing a teachable moment. So for today's teachable moment, I'm going to take it right out of the intro when it said that where my pain was being told I would never want to jump again. So the, the teachable moment here is I just urge people to stop letting other people define your outcomes. Okay, Stop letting other people tell you what you can and cannot accomplish or what you're, what you're able to, to pursue or what you're able to get. Because nobody can, can do that for you. No one can dictate the direction of your life. Only you can do that. It doesn't matter what race you are, what gender you are. It doesn't matter what, what religion you are, what language you speak. I've had people on this show from all over the world. And everybody wants the same thing. People, they want to be healthy. They want to be happy. They want to be successful. They want to be respected. And you can have every single one of those things if you're willing to put the work in. All you need is vision. You need drive and Perseverance. Those three things, and you can have whatever it is you want in your life. So with that being said, let's get to my guest. So I had the pleasure of being on her show. So let's talk about, let's just talk about how I got in her circle first, because it took some work, right? Took took some work. So I was on YouTube looking for a particular video. I don't remember the topic, but I came across her. And so I was like, all right, let's, let's let's see what she has to say. So I listened to her video. I believe it was on cancel culture. I'm not 100% certain, but as I'm watching the video, like, okay, like her flow. No, we kind of speak the same language. And then as I was reading in the bio, I saw she's from Rhode Island. Guess where I'm from? Rhode Island. So I was like, we have to connect. So the more I I kept watching her videos of like our visions are definitely in line with each other. And so I just started spreading the love. You know, just liking, sharing, commenting. I joined her locals group, sending her super chats on YouTube which just spread it with so much love. And then I got the invite to be on her show. See, So that's what it's all about. It's not not about take, take, take. You got to give, give, give. And you can do that in every facet of life. The more you give, the more you're going to get. And so now I'm very proud that she's taking the time to come on my show and because we had a really great conversation on her show, so let's see where the conversation goes now. Welcome to the show, Vanessa, also known as Gotex.
1: Hello. That was an amazing intro. I feel so pumped watching that. I feel like <laughs> it was an action movie. Like, yeah, it's awesome.
0: <laughs> thank you, thank you. So, uh, so you're here in Rhode Island. You're in, uh, you're in the bucket, right?
1: Uh, no, I'm no longer in the. bucket. Oh, I have no. upgraded from the bucket, <laughs> but the bucket is where. Listen, that's just like a Cape Verdean breeding ground, you know, you know, that's that's where we we hang out.
0: Yes. I love that. That's yeah. funny. All right. So give me a well, as you know, so. You're, all right. I lost my train. But anyways, so what's your favorite part about living in Rhode Island?
1: Um my family is here (laughs) at the, at the current point I've lived here my entire life. I briefly moved to Kentucky for a few years and I was like, yeah, you know what? I don't really like, I like how everything is so close together over here. And that's something that I haven't found going to other States yet. Uh, But I also haven't traveled as much. I was planning on doing that before, you know, the pandemic started. The Rona. Yeah. The Rona. The Rona. (laughs) Yeah. Correct. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I like Rhode Island because the family's here. Other other than that, it's just like, eh, it's home.
0: (laughs) It's like, I I love it here nine months out of the year. Like, the the winter can suck it.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, (laughs) my God. Terrible.
0: Like, late spring, summer, fall, most of fall, I absolutely love it here. For the same reason, you can get to the beach, you can get the hills. You know, like, New York isn't that far. Boston isn't that far. uh, Vermont, New Hampshire isn't that far. I went to Colorado. I went to three places and drove 150 miles. Oh. <laughs> getting getting to those three places.
1: Okay. All right.
0: <laughs> so we definitely don't have that here.
1: Yeah, no, not at all.
0: <laughs> all right, so let's so let's dive in. So how would you how would you d- describe yourself if I, if I were to say who is God?
1: Uh, if I were to first of all, that's like an interview question. And those are the worst interview questions ever because they're like, so I hear you want this job. Tell me about yourself. And I'm like, uh. <laughs> so, so me, who am I? I am a, a goofy, uh, you know, um, uh, in your face person, but I'm also very reserved as well. I kind of read the room and it depends on who I'm with. Yeah. Um, I, I have a good, uh, sense of humor. You know, I, I just, I'm just chill. I'm a very relaxed person. Um, and yeah, I mean, do, what do you want to know specifically? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Whatever you want to tell me. Whatever.
1: you want, Okay. Um, this is your bio. <laughs> this is my bio. Okay. Um, I am a high school dropout. I've, uh, worked in a temp or, com- uh, customer service jobs my, pretty much my entire adulthood until I decided to quit my job and pursue live streaming on Twitch full time. Uh, Not too long after that, I experienced cancel culture for the first time uh, and it kind of threw me off my tracks for a while. Uh, And slowly over the course of like a year after that, I've sort of just been pushed more into the content that I'm doing now on YouTube, which is more commentary uh current events political talk um which isn't the 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 subject matter isn't necessarily stuff I like talking about but I feel like it's necessary and I'm good at it uh so it's just I'm just adjusting a little bit, a little bit to that. But we t- we talked about that before we got on. Uh, yeah. But I feel like my adjustment period is over, and I'm ready to uh, spread my problematic rhetoric all over YouTube now.
0: <laughs> <laughs> problematic rhetoric, I love it. <laughs> all right, so take me take me through through the high school. What led you to leave?
1: Um, so I, I think it was a combination of a few things. Uh, I always used to be a straight A student. Uh, I'm a lot of people will assume that I dropped out because I was stupid. No, I dropped out because I just stopped doing the work. And uh, I think uh, it was a combination of I had problems at home. My parents were going through a divorce, and that was kind of like messing with me a little bit. Yeah. And then I also, the peer pressure of being in high school was very different from junior high. Uh, cause junior high, it was all about, here's your work. You do your schoolwork. And once high school started, it was like more of like a competition of who's friends with who, who's dating, who, who's dressing like, you know, the typical kid things. And I, and I think I kind of fell into that. Um, and after a while I was like, I'm not even enjoying being in high school. I just want to quit and get into the workforce and just start making money. Uh, and, and that's ended up what I did is I, I dropped out, got my GED, and just started working, you know, not the best jobs, but it was still something. Uh, okay. But, yeah, that's that's how I, that started.
0: Okay. So, do you think your, your parents going through the divorce, maybe they didn't give you enough guidance to prepare you to deal with those pressures?
1: I don't, you know, I, I, I don't know because, like, my... Uh, I'm not really sure. Because first of all, my my biological dad, uh, he he did not even go to high school. So okay. he, he couldn't even give me insight onto what that would be like. Yeah. Um, and I think overall with a divorce, I think because it was the first time I had a divorce, uh, the first time I experienced a divorce, the first time my mom experienced a divorce, there really wasn't any, mm. you know, they couldn't really walk me through it or anything like that. So yeah I, I just think it was a bunch of stuff happening at once during a period in my life where I'm just like, I don't like what this is going so I'm just gonna do my own thing and that's yes. you know what I ended up doing
0: okay yeah like, similarly, I dropped out of college uh, three times and m- mainly because I don't really know what I wanted to do and then same thing like, like I was never really big into into like the party scene or, or any of that stuff so that part didn't didn't intrigue me my, my dad now, he wasn't wrong. Like, he wanted me to go into computer engineering. So in the early 90s, you know, the, the computers were just starting to, to really take off. And if you look at now, everything is computerized. So he definitely wasn't wrong with the choice of major, but it's not what I wanted to do. Like, I wanted I wanted to be an entertainer. Mm. Like, like, I wanted to be in front of people. I wanted to be motivating people and inspiring people, you know, to do, think, and be better. And so I ended up leaving school. Then I, then I tried to go back. Cause you get that stigma, you know, like oh, if you don't go to college, you're gonna end up flipping burgers or pump, pumping gas. So like you're told that all throughout school, and so I, I tried, to, I tried to go back. I actually finished a full semester at URI, but I still, I just didn't want to be there. Like I was already managing managing restaurants, I was already making money. I said, you know what, I'm just gonna gonna leave. And then if I ever feel like I should go back, I'll go back. And I've never felt that need. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. So, so when you hear people say stuff like that about high school dropouts, I've actually seen comments on some of your videos with people making ignorant comments about that. How like how does that make you feel?
1: It was, I don't I, I'm not upset about it. Um, I used to at one point because it was it was the battle of trying to convince someone that I didn't drop out because I was stupid. I dropped out because I stopped doing my work. But whenever people make these uh, remarks, they always assume that i'm dumb yeah. <laughs> and i think that's what irritates me but uh it doesn't irritate me anymore i think it did when i was younger now it's like and eh, whatever i treat it like any other person who has something to say about me where they make an assumption it's like you don't yeah. know you you're just talking you don't know so exactly. it, it's like it is what it is and 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 to be perfectly honest with you like i agree in the sense that i, I think there's such a huge emphasis for uh education where it's like, if you don't get a full education, if you don't go to college, you're going to be a nobody. And we're looking at how the education system is right now, where people, where kids are literally literally being brainwashed into Marxists. And it's like, now now i don't look at education in the same way i i see it as just a a, a, a factory to brainwash kids and actually going there to get an education i feel like i benefited by not going to college or by not finishing high school personally because it taught me a lot of stuff it taught me how to be responsible it gave me discipline it taught me how to be very resourceful because i had nobody to depend on but myself yeah. i uh i also on top of dropping out um i moved out of my A house growing up when I was 18. Um, And I don't think a lot of people do that at that age. They usually stay like for a few years with their parents. Like, no, I was gone. So very early on, I had to force myself to be resourceful and be an adult. Whereas I'm looking at people who still haven't even graduated college and they don't know what they're doing. (laughs) I'm like, how does this happen? (laughs) Yes.
0: And, and I think it's like my parenting style is different than most people's because like, I don't believe in this. You go to college to find yourself. I'm like, you have 18 years to figure out who the hell you are. So with my kids, with my oldest son, even though I dropped, dropped out, I still preach, preach education to them. If that's what, if that's what they feel they need. So like my son wanted to be a mechanic. So it's like, no, can you learn to fix cars without school? I mean, you can, but we got him into a mechanic school up in mass you know, he he graduated and he's a mechanic now. And with my with my daughter, I started with her at fourteen. And with my younger daughter, she's she's fourteen now, and we're already talking about what what are you gonna like three and a half years you're gonna be an adult. I said, so we got to figure out where your path lies. And and I know people will say, well, sometimes they're not ready and blah blah blah. Yeah, those those people can do what they want to do. My kids are gonna be ready by the time they're eighteen because that's my job as their parent to make sure that they're ready. You know, that's so. Awesome. And so same thing is like I'm staying ahead of the curve with all this indoctrination and letting them know that, you know, people are going to tell you things. But this is the path we're staying on. So that way, staying ahead of the brainwashing so they don't let it get to them.
1: Yep, yeah, exactly. I, I really like that approach. And I think that that's that's a really good route to take, because the other thing is, as I see a lot of parents that kind of like coddle their kids in a way. Um, and like the helicopter parents. And it's like, yeah, yeah. you got to have like, you know, guidelines and, and things in place to make sure that they don't go off the rails. But you got to also let them think for themselves and, and, and actually like challenge them a little bit, because I have seen the results of of, of kids that are coddled and it's it's yeah. not pretty. <laughs> no. no, no.
0: Like they they're, they're not taught how they're not taught how to cope. It's like back when I was younger, like if you weren't good, you didn't make the team or you had or you had to go and play in in the intramural league so you could learn. You know, if, if you were a standout, you got an MVP award. And it's like now they're not doing that because we don't want to make the other kids feel bad. But that's not how the world works. If you if you apply for a job, they don't just hand it to you they don't just hand out promotions like you have to earn things in this world so why are we not teaching the young kids how to earn things and how to cope when they don't get their way
1: right um i mean I mean, I know the answers to that. Do you know the answer to that? (laughs) I know exactly why. (laughs) Let's hear your answer. My answer is that's the easiest way to control people. You don't want people to figure out how to do things on their own. True. You know, maybe not from the, from the perspective of a parent. I doubt a parent wants to just control their kid until, you know, they're in their forties. I doubt that. But I think from, you know, uh, society as a whole where you have like politicians or people like in high places who are also encouraging that it's like no you just want to control people because you want to make them incompetent so they have to rely on you for stuff
0: bingo i said in i don't know if it was yesterday's episode or on tuesday's episode that the government's worst nightmare is unity Mm. it's like they preach it to get the votes but they don't want it they don't want it. I mean, that's why the two major parties, and it doesn't doesn't matter what side of the aisle you're on, they have a clear set of values on both sides. And they're vastly different. And I, I really think that, by design, is to keep us all fighting. Because die hard leftists, they don't want to hear anything that the right has to say. Die hard right-wingers, they don't want to hear anything that the left has to say. So as long as we're at war with each other, they sit back and just rake in the dough.
1: Exactly.
0: Yep. Yeah. See, just coming here. Yeah. Why would you want people to figure it out on their own when you can just manipulate them for money and to follow you? Bingo. That's mm-hmm. that's the government in a nutshell. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> All right. So, wh- so you're a gamer, correct?
1: I am a gamer. Correct. Yes.
0: <laughs> All right. So, so when when did that start?
1: Um. This actually started when I was really young. Uh. My first game. My first uh, system was Nintendo. And I think my first game was uh, Knockout. I think it was with like okay. Mike Tyson. Um, Knockout. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I also I also wanted to be a boxer very briefly, but that could be the Puerto Rican in me, where I'm just like, hey. <laughs> but I got a nice smile. I don't want to get it busted, you know. Yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, it, that was my first game, and I I would always play casual video games, you know, just on the weekend after school, yeah. and then uh, I got into doing it as like a, a, a A career thing on Twitch when my coworker at the time told me about Twitch and that I can make money playing video games. And this was a period in my life where I was loathing customer service and I needed a a way out. I just didn't know what I wanted to do. and But this was also part of my doing because I accepted the reality that I dropped out of high school and I didn't further my education. So for a while, I thought that the only thing I would be able to achieve is just being in customer service or working in warehouses or doing these jobs that weren't really meaningful to me. So I would I would just do that until I figured out that there was Twitch. And then, yeah, I just started making money doing that way, doing that.
0: OK, so we, we, have, a, we have a very, very serious question here. Oh, how much can got to press?
1: Hmm and i i i can't even make up a number because i feel like i would embarrass myself even with the made-up number (laughs) not very
0: much just say if if she had to move it she could move it i
1: I could move it if i tried hard enough but as far as how much uh, yes (laughs) all
0: right so how long how long did, did you do the streaming with twitch
1: Um, I want to say three years total, Um, and I was doing it full-time, I want to say, at the beginning of 2019, and the start of 2020 was when I decided to not put so much effort into it because I started getting pushed out of the community because of my opinions. Uh, You're not allowed to have opinions, by the way, if you stream on Twitch, just in case you ever wanted to do that. So, yeah, uh, I would say about three years.
0: Okay, and so, so what types of things were were people coming at you about?
1: Uh, as as far as like haters, Are you talking yeah. about haters? Yeah, yeah. Haters. okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, it was so it, it's interesting because when I started on Twitch, I kind of uh, bought into a lot of the uh, streamer propaganda. And um, when I started, I heard that it was difficult for black people to grow on the platform. And being someone that had always worked in customer service, I didn't know any better. And I said, oh, okay." I'm looking at the Twitch homepage and I'm seeing a bunch of white people uh, and I'm like, "Okay, I don't see any black people on the homepage. And it's like, oh, I'll, I'll look at the top Twitch streamers. It's like you know, here's a bunch of people, none of them are black. So that narrative kind of made sense to me for a while. I said, oh, it's harder for black people to grow. And, um, but then I, but then I flipped on my belief with that because I started to see the hard work that I was doing and, and what that was resulting in more viewership, more opportunities, more sponsorships. And I was like, okay, I'm putting in the work and I'm seeing the results it's not because I'm black or, you know, other people are white. It's because I'm doing the work. So yes. for a while, as I was growing, I, I even made a a section of my website at one point stating that I wanted to, I wanted to help uplift people of color on the platform. And I want to help uh, them just, you know, you know, uh, succeed. And I stopped advocating for that because I realized that I was essentially acting as a crutch because if we wanted to talk about like real life for example where uh, if black people feel like they don't have enough opportunities in the real world that's different and I can even understand that a little bit but as far as content creation no everyone's on the same playing field the only the only difference is what do you have to offer what how much work are you willing to put into this So I don't believe that systemic racism uh, uh, exists on Twitch. I do not believe that at all. And so so that was the part of the problem is I started to go back on my beliefs in the sense that, no, I can do anything I put my mind to. And you can, too. You're just not working hard enough. Uh, And so that was the first thing. And I think I started to build resentment uh, around a lot of the black creators because they didn't like what I had to say you know it's a very hurtful thing no one wants to feel like they don't they're not good enough or they're not working hard enough but the reality is some people don't yep. Um. so it, that was the first thing and then and then I had opinions about whenever uh, I think the, the most notable one was the Little Mermaid situation you have probably heard about it a million times but I'll I'll just too long didn't read Little Mermaid uh, live action movie was announced and they're uh, casting Ariel as a Black woman. And a lot of Black streamers uh, saw this as like a yes, it's a win. And I'm like, no, that's a cash grab. And, <laughs> and they didn't like that. <laughs> so <laughs> we just kept butting heads. And in retrospect, looking at all of those experiences I had on Twitch, it really was a a preview of what I'm dealing with now when people look at me and they call me a bootlicker or a house negro or all these things because they can't fathom that I would have the beliefs that I have I'm supposed to be oppressed I'm supposed to believe there's white privilege I'm supposed to believe that uh, systemic racism and white supremacy is keeping black people down how dare I go against that so so that was pretty much why they kept butting heads and they're still butting heads with me
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah like I said, I've heard that stuff my entire life, my entire life. It's always like, I didn't talk right back when I could grow, grow hair. My haircut was never right. Mm. You know, just my clothes. I didn't dress right. I didn't walk right. I'm like, I'm sorry. Is there, is there like a, a handbook or something that I'm supposed supposed to be abiding by? Yes. Cause, cause mm. I'm behaving the way my parents raised me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like, and that's pretty much what it boils down to. So like if you're born into a low income situation, and that's all you know, and your parents tell you this is all you can have, you're gonna grow up thinking that's all you can have. You know, so the people that think like that, I don't I don't look down on them. I just try to show them another angle. You know, like if that's all you know, like when I talk in schools and, and I, I speak to the kids, I'm like if that's all you know, then it's up to you to rewrite the ending. All right. You know, it's like you can do that. It's like just look around. There's successful black people, the successful women, the successful Jews. It's like you can just pick a pick a marginalized category and there's successful people within every single community. So why are we clinging to the ones that aren't? Right. <laughs> it's like why don't we step into the ones that are?
1: That, that always gets me, too, is the fact that whenever you hear these, peop- these marginalized people complain, like you said, there will always be exceptions to the narrative in these groups where they're doing amazing things. And when these people say, oh, well, this person is successful because of X, Y and Z, something that makes no sense. It's yeah. like that tells me that you're not really serious about improving your life, because if you were the first thing. You should say as a response to me pointing at someone that's doing it is, how do I do that? How do I get yes. like them? Can yes. we have a conversation? Let me mentor. You don't. You just complain. What's that doing? That's not doing anything.
0: <laughs> See, and going back to my parenting style, like I have twin boys who are 12. And they'll come to me and they'll say, like, Dad, can I have a grilled cheese? And i be like, make one. Mm. And I don't let them say, I can't, I don't know how. Cause like, that's always the default. I don't, I, whoa, whoa, what do you say? Can you show me how? Yes, I can. It's like, and now, now, you know, see? So it's like, if, if we, if we take it back to when they're little, to when they're little and let them know when they're little, yes, people may look at you because of, of the color of your skin, but you know what? You don't have to look, you don't have to let it bother you. Right. People will, people will tell you that you're playing eight steps behind. No, you're not. You're right on the front lines with everybody else. <laughs> it's like, and you put yourself in the best position to have success, you will have success. It's up to you. It's not up to the system. It's not up to the government. It's not up to the president. It's up to you. Right. If, if you decide to take action, you'll get there. You know, people were trying to tell tell you, you know, black creators they, they just don't make it on Twitch, and you made it on Twitch because you chose to. <laughs> right? yeah. you know, like I said on my my opening my opening monologue, stop letting people dictate what you are capable of.
1: Mhm. Yeah, I, I don't I yeah. I and I think that's also there's this um I think the problem is that people think that these things where people are you know discrimination or are racist. I think these they, they genuinely look at these things as roadblocks and they yeah. they they don't have a way to to navigate around them. And I was talking about this the other day and and I almost want to say that maybe the lack of complaining from people like us Paints a picture to the other person that everything they're facing is personal. It's specific to them and only they have experienced it. Yeah. And it's like that's not the case. Like some, a lot of people go through the same thing. And like I get called all kinds of racist stuff all the time, mostly from black people. Yes. And obviously, <laughs> if if I were to treat it in the same way that they treat it with a white person. Uh, then i then i would be in the same situation where i would feel like i couldn't succeed because people are being mean to me and it's like people need to look at the consequences of these uh, insults or these racist things or whatever like actually look at the consequences if the consequences are you you're, you it hurts your feelings that's all that happened yes then what's stopping you from doing anything else you you're never going to get a place uh, in life where people are always nice to you it's unrealistic So how bad do you want to achieve the thing and then figure it out?
0: Yes. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I have to address this. Yeah. Can Robert grow a sweet mohawk? Check it out. Right here? No. No. No? Back there? Probably. But right here? No. (laughs) That is not happening. (laughs) Oh, man. All right, so let me get that off the screen. Yeah, so in in that regard, too, and that's in in every facet of life. Like, it doesn't matter. I became a general manager of a restaurant at 19 years old, and I was the only person of color working in this restaurant, but my work ethic was unquestioned. It was unquestioned. That's why when the manager left, and there were people who were there longer than me, there were people who were in their 30s, 40s, and 50s, but I left no doubts, you know, like like I mentioned on your, your show, what my father said, and that still hangs with me every day. He told us when, when we were little, now I'm the youngest of seven kids, and he told all of us, people will always see the color of your skin, but it's on you to help them see past it. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's like right there. Like, he let us know, there's going to be roadblocks out there, but you don't have to let it stop you. You just have to be above whatever the obstacle is, and then you can make it happen.
1: Right. Exactly. And and the thing also, too, is that when people complain about, and, and I, I always have to just reiterate, like, I am very aware that racism exists. Like, I get yeah. that. Um, the only racism that I care about is when it prevents me from going about my life. If you're telling me that because I am Black, I am not allowed to do blank, then I have a problem. Yes. If you're just saying I don't, I don't like black people because they got big noses. Okay, great. Well, <laughs> I, that's not going to stop me because that's a word, right? I'm just using an example. Yeah. So, it, 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 and so when people lean on that and say that they can't get past these bad words, it's like, okay, then someone else is going to take your place. Cause that's the way that I look at it. It's like a job. If yeah. you can't figure it out, we're going to find somebody that can't figure it out. So when content creators, for example, look at me and they say, oh, the only reason she's growing is because she's doing X, Y and Z. She's catering for races. She's, mm-hmm. she's only telling white like, people the things they want to hear. When you do that, you're literally you're giving me your opportunity because you <laughs> seem to think that that's an obstacle that this racism, you know, hating whatever is an obstacle, it's not. Yeah. And I don't know, I just, I feel like it's just a, it's, I don't know. It's just so, it's disappointing.
0: <laughs> yes, it's it's disappointing and and it's gaslit. Like it's gaslit from the media, from, from the politicians. Because like I've been to 33 states and I, never once was I like fearful for my life in these other states. You know, because then people always want to move the goalpost when you're talking about racism and stuff, stuff like that, where, where I'll say, I'm 47 years old. You know, have I had some ignorant things said to me over the years? Yeah. And guess how many times I, l- I let it bother me? Zero. Absolutely zero. Cause their words, their words. I, I heard when I was two, you know, sticks and stones will break your bones. Names can never hurt you. So yeah. why in our adult, in our adult lives, we're letting names trigger us. You know, there's people all set, set to fight and kill each other over a word. It's like, yeah. who, who the hell gave that word so much power? Any, just any word, right? Pick any word, but who, who, who decided that? So I decided for me in my life, no insulting word can penetrate my skin. It's just yeah. not going to happen. It's like, like, what are you, what are you gaining? What are you gaining by acting a fool? You know, yeah. it's like, that's, that's just what I don't understand. Like I was, wa- I was walking uh in a store the other day, outside the door, this woman's on, on the telephone, just yelling and screaming at whoever else is on the other line and I'm thinking like what is so important that you got to just come out of your skin like that at this particular moment yeah you know it's like unless someone just like robbed your kid like there there is nothing that should be able to trigger you like that in public yeah I, I just don't understand
1: I don't it, 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 yeah I think a lot I think it goes back to coping not being able to cope with stuff and not being able to defuse situations you know conflict resolution this was something that I learned about when I was in elementary school (laughs) and uh, people people don't people don't know how and I think it's a lot of people just know more so how to react on emotion and feeling rather than just like okay is what I'm doing actually gonna help Like, after you're done yelling (laughs) in the parking lot, does it solve (laughs) anything?
0: (laughs) Have you seen any episodes of Cobra Kai? No. No? All right. I'm I'm sure someone listening has. So there was a part in there in season three where Daniel was getting training from from Chosen, and he said, in any war, you have to take away your opponent's ability to fight it. And where that's relevant here, if someone comes up and says, yo, N-word! They want a response. Right? Mm-hmm. So if I give them the response, I'm feeding right into their hands. I'm letting them control my emotion. I'm letting them control me. But by simply walking away, you just took their haymaker. That's like in boxing. You take somebody's best hook and you just stand there and smirk. Right. And they're, they're like, crap, I got nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what I mean? yeah. like, they, It takes more strength to do that than it does to sit there and let somebody take control over your emotions
1: right exactly um, have, you should try this trick one day because it always freaks people out next time someone comes at you and says yelling at you calling you names you should compliment them see what happens <laughs> <laughs> watch that heads
0: explode <laughs> it's like damn you got beautiful eyes <laughs> <laughs> that's a great idea although yeah. that that really doesn't doesn't happen anymore but yeah. this was like more like teens tw- like early 20s mm. yeah, it's yeah. like now at this stage like i, I can care less what people have to say about me that's why that's why i don't mind getting on platforms and speaking out now whereas before i used to be that triggered person and i end up you know it's like when you're debating someone and then once you i would say once you start slinging insults you just lost the debate
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah,
0: it's like if you can't state your position without hurling hurling uh, insults, you know,
1: that's what I happen. think. It, is, it it's, not the, it's not the very impressive to come up with an insult. It's like, okay, you said a bunch of words that sting to some people, uh yeah. not to me. So I'm yeah. not impressed.
0: <laughs> exactly. All right. So take take us through your experience experience with cancel culture.
1: Oh yeah, I've been canceled so many times. Um. <laughs> I cancel culture is like I see the f- I, I see full circle the consequences of what ca- cancel culture uh, is turning into. Um, and I and this is one of the reasons that I will not stop talking about it. I feel like I'm beating a dead horse, but it's very important because uh, for whatever reason, the current generation seems to think that problems can be resolved through banging on your keyboard in uh, screaming at people. <laughs> And that's not, no, the, the accountability, if we're just using, because that's what people say, it's accountability culture. Accountability was around before the internet. So yeah. we're, did we never solve problems before the internet? No, that's it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. So I think we have a, a generation of people that uh, use cancel culture as a way to just get what they want. And there's so many problems with it because, first of all, it, it encourages people to... Uh, uh, kind of be entitled it encourages that because right off the bat you are assuming the role of someone who has authority over another person regardless if you were upset about something that you saw or an interaction that you had with someone you're acting as if you have the authority to even uh, hold this other person accountable who are you <laughs> that's the first question <laughs> and and then the other thing is that it um the more insidious thing about it is that it it is mob rule it is just virtual mob rule and it um it kind of leads into you know uh, an, a, a fascism it leads into fascism fascism yeah. uh because you es- essentially cancel culture can weed out the opinions and the people that the mob doesn't like and i'll i'll give you a perfect example of this cuz I, I tweeted about this the other day there was a, um, a game studio that uh, announced that he was pro-life and I'm a big gamer. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. I, I applaud people that are able to voice their opinions and I will always be pro freedom of speech. Always. doesn't matter if I agree with what you say, I'm going to defend your right to say whatever you want to say, because yeah. that's what it is. It's, it's, it's either free speech for everyone or no free speech at all. Um And so this person posted that he was pro-choice and he got totally slammed on social media. Uh, people started tagging the, the game company that he worked for because this guy was a the CEO. Okay. They started slamming this guy, said, we're going to boycott this game. We're going to uninstall it. No, no streamers should broadcast this stuff. Uh, What ended up happening was the company uh, asked him to step down as the president and they replaced him. Because his views wasn't, uh, it it, it didn't, um, it it didn't align with the entire, with the entire company. So, um, now... What's interesting about that is some people will say, well, this is capitalism at work, right? This is a if it it, and if it has to do with a company's bottom line, they're going to protect their bottom line regardless. And I get that. But why did that happen? Why did they have to protect their bottom line? It was because a massive mob decided that this idea, this opinion was not worthy, which meant that it doesn't matter what the topic was if it was a giant mob of angry pro-lifers, I think the same thing would have happened it just it just depends on who's the loudest and that's the problem is the whoever is the loudest can determine what is right and what is wrong and that can lead to really catastrophic things because that could mean we're, we're even seeing this now where people are getting fired because of their political uh, beliefs. Yes. And it's like, that is, that is fascist. You can't do that. (laughs) Um, So I'm trying to like, just, I'm kind of very competitive in the sense that I'm trying to get people to understand how dangerous cancel culture is because it can lead to sort of this social engineering where only certain ideas and certain people are allowed to have a voice. And that is oppressive. That is really bad. (laughs) So yeah, yeah, that's, I, I mean, I've been canceled so many times. The biggest one for me was when I voted for Trump and streamers were not having it. Apparently, I'm not allowed to vote for who I want to. I didn't realize I was living in another <laughs> country. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's a, it's, it's a thing. Cancel culture is a thing.
0: No, no it's true. Because um, I, I did as well. And it wasn't even so much that I voted for Trump. I was not voting for Biden. Mm-hmm. Like It, it could have been anyone else. On, on the other on the other side of the ticket, and they were getting they were getting my vote. I didn't like the things that they were saying. I didn't like how they were encouraging the BLM riots. Like I didn't like you know how Harris ran, didn't get any votes, was calling Biden racist and everything else, and told her sob story about being the schoolgirl in the busing, and then she's running with him. <laughs> yeah. I was like, like there's just too much uncertainty on that side. Mm-hmm. Wait wait I said at least with Trump he says a lot of stupid stuff but at least we know what we're getting.
1: And exactly. It,
0: and I kind of go back to George W Bush cuz like I w- I really wasn't wasn't feeling him either in that second term but I sure as hell wasn't voting for John Kerry. It's <laughs> like same yeah. thing. I didn't he kept flip-flopping on issues. I, I'm never going to do this. We're going to do that. It's like dude pick one. <laughs> you know. It's, yeah. like, it's like you can't do both. So it's like just for, for my, for my own sake, okay, I'll take the guy who tweets stupid stuff, but will at least, you know, put us first versus this other side that's married to China and the Ukraine. Right. (laughs) Right. So like, like if people want to attack me, like, I have a reason why, if you don't like my reason, cool, but it's my reason.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, um, it's, and then that's the way that I look at it. It's like, which one is more important to you? You want to make sure that the, that there's no more mean tweets, or do you want communism? Which one do you want? <laughs> like, you know, very, it seems pretty easy to me, but apparently it's very, very troublesome to a lot yes. of people. Like, there's so
0: much happening now that was not happening a year ago. Yeah, like, so much, and and but that just gets overlooked. And these, like Biden's, no no way to be found. Like he he comes out like once a. Once a week, you know, mm-hmm. when Trump spoke every single day, you know, right. like like you couldn't keep that man, all, you know, from, from the camera. But it, but it's like, and we're just constantly fed partial truths. The the reporters are so gentle with them as well because remember they used to friggin come at Trump with axes pretty much, mm-hmm. but like like he gets these little soft soft pillow pillow cushy questions. Oh. And, and oh, you know I mean? I- it's like you can tell it's all nonsense.
1: Yeah. I mean, you've seen, you've seen like the undercover footage of these news places, yeah. right? Like they're mm-hmm. definitely working with the Biden administration and they even admitted, I think they got like CNN on camera saying like, yeah, we were trying to make Trump look as bad as possible, yes. which is, you're not supposed to do that. If you're a journalist, your job is to report the news. You're not supposed to act yes. on like personal bias or whoever, you know what I mean? Like that's, that, that, that is not, that is not good. And, and I personally will never forgive mainstream media for all the division that they created. Uh, I, I will never, especially when it pertains to the racism stuff. Yep no 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 no. so uh and that's what i tell people is when you you know they say oh uh content creators are creating misinformation or whatever like that it's like "No, no no that's their way of saying that content creators on youtube are getting a bigger following than the news because the news stopped reporting the news a long time ago the news is making up their own things for clicks they know that um yeah so
0: yeah agreed and like what what this comment here said You know, like Biden said in that second debate, Trump asked him directly if he was going to kill the Keystone Pipeline. And he said no. And that Mm. was one of his first handful of executive orders. 8,000 jobs, gone. And there was no backlash on that. Like, none. (laughs) You know, it's like, it just, it it doesn't make sense. And then, yeah, Trump will do something stupid and it's like plastered everywhere. You know, (laughs) so like there's definitely a clear bias within the media. And I don't even know how that's, well, I do know how because the government controls the media. I was thinking, like, how is that even legal?
1: Hmm. Yeah. It's. I think. I think also because he was flip-flopping on that Keystone thing for a while because he was like trying to. He was trying to cater to the environmentalists, and then he didn't want to, you know, lose the votes of the people that were working at the pipeline. So yeah. then he's like back and forth, back and forth, and I and I think that I think uh, most of the general public. Understand that he's lying. They know that he's lying. I just don't think people want to admit it, or they maybe they're just willfully ignorant. Because if you don't see, it, you don't pay attention to it. You, you know, you absolve yourself of all of the, you know, I, I had nothing to do with that. You know, I didn't know yeah. he was going to do that. So it's like, <laughs> no, 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 no. I know you guys can see it.
0: Yeah, and see, and people forget too that Trump was loved before he ran as a Republican. Mm -hmm. He was the rappers used to sing about him. Obama himself gave a speech about Donald Trump being the American dream when he was in office. Like he he, he was loved. He was revered. You know, people spoke about him in movies and stuff. And then once he came out as a Republican, because any Republican candidate gets labeled as racist because that's the left's biggest weapon. So it doesn't matter who because they need that. And that's how they get 90 percent of the black votes, like how people can't put two and two together. It's like they jumped right on George Floyd's death. They jumped right on the back of that horse and rode it for the entire election. And nobody picked up on that. Mm. Like they're raising all of this money. And where's it going?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Where's yeah. It
0: going? yeah. You know, are, are they building schools in the black community? Are they rebuilding boys and girls clubs? Are they putting in after school programs? You no. know, are, are they giving college grants? No. Nope guess where it's going to the politicians
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and for for those people that want to call bs go to the black lives matter website click donate now and see where it takes you because it says it right in the fine print that it goes to political candidates
1: And, and, and I brought that up too. I I brought up the act blue thing and people have tried providing rebuttals for that. And, and this is what annoys me is that people that are, I am always willing and open to be proved wrong. Um, even though I speak with so much confidence, sometimes I still like, if I'm wrong, freaking tell me that I'm wrong, be like, be upfront with me so I can correct myself and I don't make the same mistake. Whereas people that I find align themselves, I don't like to make generalized statements about leftists, but a lot of people that voted for Biden are are on that spectrum where they just don't want to ever be proved wrong. And so instead of admitting that you're wrong, you keep moving goalposts. So when I, when I brought up the fact that this goes to act blue and it's like, Oh, but act blue says that it's not specific for politicians. And so it always, the excuses always move. And it's like, okay, fine. Let's just go with that. Then tell me do you how do you feel right now? Do you feel like the world is getting better? Do you feel like the economy is getting better? Do you feel like things under Biden are getting better? Just answer that. I don't think anyone can honestly say yes, but they don't want to they don't want to ask themselves that because yes, they know it's, yes. they know what the answer is going to be.
0: Yes. And you can't you can't criticize Bi- Biden because people will just retort with something about Trump. I was, yeah. like, I was like, I'm not talking about Trump. I'm talking about this guy who just killed eight thousand jobs when he said he wasn't going to him. Well, if Trump was another, no, 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 no. It's like, stay, stay in the lane. (laughs) You know, it's it's like, they they can't do that. Like I said earlier, if you, if you have to change the subject, you lost. (laughs) It's it's like, we already know the answer. So like, if you can't directly answer what I'm asking you, the, the debate's over.
1: Right. Yeah. That's it.
0: Yeah. All right. So you're on the YouTube platform now. So when when did you start to realize that things were like I can make a thing of this?
1: Um when I guess when I when I started getting noticed by bigger creators is when I cuz I I watched a lot of other people before I started diving into this and I, and and that was part of my uh, recovery process of lo- losing all the friends that I did because of Trump, I-, I started losing them. And I'm like, am I going crazy? Like, I feel like I, maybe I'm wrong. And I, I don't know. Like I felt like I was crazy for a while. So I, I, I started watching a lot of other bigger creators. And then when I noticed they started following me, I'm like, this is weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> this is like <laughs> full circle. Like, You're not supposed to know who I am. Um, <laughs> And I think that's when I started to realize, like, okay, what I'm doing isn't anything, I don't think I'm doing anything amazing. I think I'm just speaking with common sense and just being rational. And I think that the reason I'm growing in popularity is because that's lacking in this world, which is very scary, Um So I, 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 yeah, I think that was when the first indication and now I'm ready to, I'm ready to go further. Like we were talking about this before I got on, um, yesterday I saw something that really pissed me off and, uh, I have been kind of trying to transition into making the type of content I'm doing now because it, it hasn't been easy for me because before I moved into this content, I was, um. You know, I was still dealing with all the hate from cancel culture. And then I lost my friends because of Trump. So it's like all kinds of crazy events kept happening while I'm trying to figure out this new thing. You know, I was making money playing video games. This is it's very different <laughs> from what I'm doing now. Yeah. Uh, so I think I, I've reached my adjustment period because, I, you know, last night I saw a video of something that happened and I, I just got so upset. And it's like. I want to freaking help, <laughs> and I have to get online, and I have to just do this. and And it's weird, it's scary for me, it's new, but I have to do it because the the world is on fire. <laughs> like it just yeah. it just it's on fire. It's not it's not going to get better if people don't speak up. And yeah, it's so I I am ready. I don't know where that rant went, but <laughs> thank you for listening. <laughs> that
0: was my TED talk.
1: Oh, thank you, thank you. Sir. Yes, yes, sir.
0: yeah. It's like. You know, when you're getting into, in, I mean, like, I wouldn't call myself a content creator. So like, mm. I don't, I don't edit my videos. I, I, I get, get a guest and I walk, I walk the guest through their, through their backstories to what they're doing now. And so, the one I do with my daughter, that one too is also live. And we just pick a topic like this coming Monday. We're talking, we're talking about critical race theory again. And uh, you know, I, I give my generation uh, X perspective. She gives her Gen Z perspective. And you know, we we just talk about these different topics, but, but that's the things that what's, what's lacking you, like you, you hit it right right on the head. Like people can't be rational about difficult conversations and I don't understand why. So I've done, I think I've done 11 or 12 episodes of the other show and and it's all hot button topics like transgenders and sports uh, police brutality, you know, the media's role in racism, you know, so like it's, it's, it's things that could get a little dicey. But, like, I, I tell the guests before we even get on, it's like, you know, state your opinion and just double down on your opinion and the reasons why you think the way you think. Don't jump into somebody else's opinion. It's Like, that's where these debates go wrong. Right. Like, I watched the one that you were on
1: yeah.
0: where, uh, where uh, the two white guys were telling you how oppressed you are.
1: Okay, yes yes I remember I remember it I get told that every day it
0: was like that one I was itching I think that that's the first time I inquired in the comments I'm like how how do I get on one of these live streams I was like Cause I, I was I was fighting for you watching I was like I would love to get in that debate right now yeah you know, you know but just but just like they weren't they were just trying to poke holes in you I don't re- remember that the other guy's name but they were just trying to poke holes in in, in your story I'm like whatever happened to listen to black and brown people.
1: No, I'm the wrong one.
0: You know, it's like we're we're talking and you're t- telling us to shut up. It's like, yeah. you know, there's multiple sides to every story. Like I said earlier, if you're from an inner city background, you know, where there are things that, that happen in an inner city that really don't happen in the suburbs You know, right. it's, or, or in a rural area. Like I grew up in a rural area. So I see the world differently than someone who grew up in the projects and in the hood. You know, but sharing different perspectives is a good thing. Mine doesn't get discarded because I don't come from the same upbringing. But that's what happens in these debates,
1: the right? Yeah, it's uh, th- that debate was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it was it's, it's so stupid. Because, <laughs> it, and, and then also, it's like just it's like okay, self-reflect for a second. Your your mission is to uplift black people what the hell are you doing arguing with me about this? Like you're not yes. I don't uplifted,
0: sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's so true. See, this, this cup comment here hits it right on the head. You know, it's the, the what people say, but this is where people go wrong. The people don't fact check. They mm. just, they just hear a quick blurb on the TV and they run with it. Like I, I took, I took my, my, my son and a couple of my clients up the Mount Monadnock in, in New Hampshire two weeks ago to go hiking. And so as we're hiking, there's a, Another group, group of younger kids. I'd say they were probably like early twenties, early and I overheard them saying, "Yeah." And Trump was telling people to to inject themselves with bleach. Oh my god! No, I didn't even say anything. I, I just kept walking. I'm like, I'm not even gonna entertain that. But but like people just hear hear little things that people put out and think that's that's my fact check. I, I heard it on CNN, so it has to be true.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. It... God, <laughs> I got nothing to say about that because I feel like this is like, yeah. i I used to be like that though, where I would just take whatever I heard on TV and be like, oh yeah, that's that's what it is. Nope. No, 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 <laughs> don't no. Don't listen to that. Nope. Because no, because I think what people don't realize is like at the end of the day, you're still taking the word of a complete stranger. Doesn't matter if it's a politician, president, the news, celebrity, Beyonce. It's a complete yeah. stranger. Why would you just take their word for it?
0: Yes, it's so it's so so true. And like I teach my kids, <laughs> like in anything in life, if you act like you you belong and you show up with confidence, nobody will question you. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah. It's it's so it's so true. We went to an obstacle race. I had twenty eight of my clients. Right, this was back, this was back in like 20, 2014, I think. So there were twenty eight of us, and we were running kind of late. And so the registration line was packed, but there was a gap, right? So I, I looked back to my client and said, nobody say a word, just follow me. And I'm like, excuse me, excuse us, coming through, excuse us, excuse us. And everybody parted. And we went right to the front of the line. Got now you. one, now one, whoa, 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 line's back there, yeah. <laughs> right? Not one person questioned us because I made it look like I knew where we were headed. Yeah. That's how easily people will just follow.
1: Yep. I like that. That's a good strategy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs>
0: All right. So what do you, what do you see as your next steps?
1: Um. So my next step is, um, like I said, I'm going to be streaming more. I'm going to the podcast that I just started, the one that you were on, yes. I'm going to start incorporating that into like my daily thing. So whenever I stream, I'm going to have some topics. I'm going to talk about those topics and then I'm still going to have like individual discussions with people. So I want to get back into making more content and uh, while I'm doing that, I'm getting ready for my tour, uh, which still sounds freaking weird saying that, but <laughs> I mean, that my, my goal is to try and connect with as many people as possible. And a lot of black folks as well, because I, I think that this is, is so interesting that I'm coming full circle. Cause as a kid, I was always told, you know, you sound white. You're trying to act white for having good mm-hmm. grades and speaking proper and things like that. So, and I never quite realized how uh, damaging that type of mindset is, and how 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 it holds people back and keeps people boxed in. And as an adult, I still see the same things happening. And I'm like, this this can't continue. And You know, like you said, it's like, okay, if you're not able to do this, we got to we got to break the cycle. We got to figure out how to actually move forward. So I'm tired of the cycle happening with with this kind of victimized mindset that plagues people in general. But black community, the black community specifically has a problem with it. So I am I'm hoping that I could fix that. (laughs) Like I'm ready. (laughs) I'm done. (laughs)
0: Yeah. See, and it's it's not even you know the black community because it's it's not it's not one group. It's not, it's not one. It's not one mindset. You know, like I said, wh- where I grew up, you know, there's other blacks, mostly mostly um, Narragansett Indians as well, as far as people of color there. But uh, you know, like our our lived experience is not the same as someone from the suburbs or someone from the inner city. You know, so so like there's three different sub subgroups with three different lived experiences, and they all they all have have water in this world. You know, it's like just because there's more problems in one area, you can't lump everyone together. So like I, I think I mentioned it on your show as well. You know, this is episode one thirty nine. I probably had about half half uh, black black people on, and you know the premise of this show is overcoming obstacles, and not one person listed racism or white supremacy as something that held them back in their life not yeah. one and and i meet people every single day and no one's ever, ever like you know i just ran from the clan today you know but but like but but people will have you believe in that it's everywhere yeah. if, if i step out my door there's gonna be a cop waiting with a gun you know what i mean it's like it, it, that's not the case
1: yeah yeah, yeah. You know, you know, it's interesting. I, I saw a video about this uh, months ago when I thought it was brilliant. And if I remember correctly, this black guy asked another black guy, he was like, because uh, the other black guy was kind of woke. And he said, uh, how has white supremacy um, held you back? How has it affected your life? And that's what I try to ask people directly, like, tell me specifically, how did it affect your life? Because I find that a lot of people are are upset on behalf of others. And sometimes the other people they're upset about don't even exist. It's like something they hear about <laughs> from whatever. So anyway, long story short, in this video, the guy couldn't answer. He was like, oh, you know, white supremacy. He's like, no, 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 elaborate it. Explain how did yeah. white supremacy put you in the position that you're in right now? Explain. He couldn't do it. And I think that's that, That's the key is asking these people. It's like, okay, you're saying these generalized statements about black folks, white supremacy, systemic racism, yada, yada, yada. Okay. That's unfortunate, but I want to know specifically with you, how did it affect yeah. you? And I guarantee you you're going to find a lot of pe- folks that say, oh, it hasn't affected me, but it affected someone else. And and that's just what it is. It keeps saying someone else, someone else, someone else. So it's yes. like, who are these people? Introduce <laughs> me to them <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we can figure this out.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was talking on, I, I think think it was on my, my other show I, I, I had a guest on. We were talking about police brutality. And so we started talking about like, he was going on this rant about accountability with the George Floyd thing and, and all that. And I said, so if we're going to talk about accountability, you realize it goes both ways. And he's like, what do you mean? I said, if George Floyd stayed in the back of that police car, it would have never escalated. And then, of course, he starts flying. I said, well, breathe. I said, mm-hmm. you said accountability. It goes both ways. You know, Rashad Brooks, if he didn't fight fight the cops and shoot, shoot a, taser, a taser at him, or if he wasn't driving drunk and passing out in the Wendy's lane. There you go. You know, you know it's like like we, we can't just talk about the aftermath. We right. got to talk about what led to it. You know, yeah. so like I teach my kids: if you don't want troubles trouble with the cops, don't speed. Make sure your stuff's registered and inspected. Make sure you have your insurance on you. You know, like and then heaven forbid you get pulled over, you just put your hands on the wheel. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Done. Easy. Like it's that simple. So that so so that I've gotten pulled over drunk, drunk. Dude could have impounded my car, this is in my 20s. But he could have impounded my car, he could have arrested me. You know, I would have blew up a breathalyzer. It would like it would have just exploded. Cop followed me home. He followed me home cuz I had a clean record, I was respectful, I wasn't driving erratically, and he followed me home. You know, so nice. it's like so when I talk about my experiences with the cops, I get it if someone got beat up by the cops. They're going to have a different outlook, but it's like, you got to be mad at that cop. (laughs) You you, you can't be mad at all cops. Just like, I'm not going to say all cops are are nice and that there's no evil ones. I know there are, and they need to be plucked out. The ones that need to be arrested need to be arrested, but you can't lump everybody into the same box. And that's a huge problem just in society in general.
1: Yeah, lumping people together, and then also to the other thing is uh, assuming that these experiences are specifically the result of your skin color. Um, so, like, you know, if people are saying, "Well, black people get pulled over more," it's like, okay. Uh, So what does that mean? Does that mean that more black people are driving erratically? Or does it mean that the cops are looking to pull over black people? (laughs) Like, it, it, it has to be one or the other. So like, which is more realistic, because one is an assumption, and one is a little bit more realistic. Um, and I think that just saying that right off the bat, just, uh, oh, it's because I'm black, that just further adds to this cycle that I'm talking about that yes. people think everything is the result of race. And it's, it's just not. It, it, you're going to find bad people everywhere. Um, but yeah, I think that when you say it's because of race, you're doing a disservice to yourself, but you're yes. also doing a disservice to your, your peers, your other black community peers, because now it's like, we're not actually addressing the root cause of the problem. Maybe you were speeding. (laughs) Like maybe maybe, (laughs) even let's let's talk about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Like my, my son had a little run in. He was since cleared. Like he and his girlfriend got into a fight. So they, they live in Smithfield as as you know, Smithfield's not a very diverse town. And so he, he, he ended up getting taken down, down to the police station. And then he comes back here you know, looking for sympathy. And, and I black, well, first, he he called me from the police station and I didn't talk to him because, like, I've always told them what my parents told told us. Well, like, you ever get arrested, don't call here. They're like, don't. And, and I've told them that too ever since they were little. So I've worked my entire life to keep you on a path. If you veer off the path, you deal with the consequences of that path. I and like so, that. Yeah, so, like, my, my, my daughter came downstairs. Like, she's the, she's the caretaker of, of the five kids. Like, she's just a nurturer. And so she's, like, banging on my door. She's crying. She's like, CJ's in trouble. I said, he was grown enough to get there. He's grown enough to get himself out. Oh, You know, you know plain, plain and simple. And he ended up getting himself out. And so he, he ends up coming here. And that night, I didn't talk to him. But the next morning, when I came home from the gym, he's just, like, saying, oh, you know, they just did this because of the color of my skin. And now, mind you, my kids are half white. So, so he's like maybe a shade darker than white. (laughs) So so he's talking like he's like, Kinte, you know, (laughs) (laughs) know, I was like, I said, said, stop it right there. Stop it right there. I said, you got in trouble because you and your girlfriend got drunk after the fool. I was was like, like I said, I don't care what them cops did because it should have never got to that point. See, and that's the level of accountability that's lacking. Yes, it's like it's like people want to instantly blame the aftermath, or this one did this to me, that one did this to me. It's like no, you put yourself in a position for this to happen to you.
1: Yes, absolutely. You know? and, and,
0: yeah. And so, and everyone that BLM was marching for last year, you know, God rest their souls. You know, I'm not saying anyone deserved to die, but every one of those situations could have been prevented.
1: Yes. Yes. You know. And, and and it also it, it also frustrates me because there were a lot of results of the riots, uh, like deaths uh, that resulted of the riots and the protests. Like people uh, that just were there to protest George Floyd ended up dying. And yeah. it and and when I would bring those up, it's like, okay, well, it's it, it's so disgusting because some people would literally say it's a it's a sacrifice. It's a it's a something. It's you know, it's someone was caught on the sidelines. That's unfortunate, but we can't we can't lose sight of our mission. Whatever yeah. the mission was for BLM. And it's like, you can't mm-hmm. say that you are doing this for Black people when you're totally disregarding the Black people that are getting hurt because of these movements. Mm-hmm. You're not doing it for anybody. You're doing it because you want to upload a photo of you marching down the street so you can get some clicks. That's why you want to do it. At least that's what <laughs> it looks like to me. Yeah. Um, but it, it, it's like, I, I have people in my family that are incarcerated. I've been incarcerated for years for things that... I am always ranting about as far as like not people not holding themselves accountable to the rules, you know. And and so when I saw the situation of, you know, Black Lives Matter, where people are getting mad at the consequences of what happened with the cop versus what that person to do to put themselves in that position, I can't help but think about people in my family and how they totally disregarded the law to do whatever they wanted to do. And I'm just like, imagine if if I was educating these people in my family in the same way that B- BLM supporters would be educating them, if that's the case, then the the ones that I know should be locked up the entire life if that's the case, because they're never going to learn from their mistakes. Yes. We're, we're, we we just keep making excuses for them. And that's not, that's just not, I, I think that's, I think that's actually harmful to me. I, I think it's like, you don't care about someone if you're going to lie to them and and make them believe that uh, none of uh, the decisions they made put them in that position. That's terrible.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I know we're a little over, but I want to bring up one more thing. So I was watching this, there's, there, there's a guy, I don't re- I don't remember his name, but he, he's a white dude. He makes videos. He goes into like th- the worst inner cities and he wants to learn about him. You know, so he seeks out people. They, they take him through the different neighborhoods. And so I was watching this one. They were in Miami. So, you know, you have Miami Beach, the nice ritzy part. Yeah, they're, they're across town. It's a, little, mm. it's, a, it's a little different over there. And so they were taking him. He was taking them through. And they were talking about just the gang violence, the shooting, and the black-on-black crimes. And it just rolled right off of his tongue. It's like it's so normalized. It, you know, it's like if, if there was the same amount of outrage as when a white person kills a black person... That there was when, like, we're killing ourselves, right? You know, it like, it, and and that's okay though. That's yeah. okay. You're talking thousands upon thousands per year, but they ransack cities over the less than twenty that get killed by the police, right? Yeah, you know, it's it's like if you truly care about the black lives. I mean, th- think about it. When I was little, blacks were twelve percent of the population. His Hispanics, I don't remember the exact number, but and here we are now, 47, talking 30 years later, we're 13% of the population. And the Hispanic population has, like, doubled.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know I
0: mean, it's like, and, and part of that is because we're killing each other.
1: Right. But that's, like, you know, that perpetuates harmful stereotypes. So you can't actually say that there is a black-on-black black crime issue. Um, you should be ashamed of yourself. I'm just kidding, by the way. <laughs> it's, a really, it's a really bad problem, everyone.
0: <laughs> it, re- it really is. But, but that just gets glossed over. Yeah. You know, it's like that just gets glossed over. Like, it, no, no, this one cop rough, roughed up this one black kid. So we're going to plaster this guy's face all over. We're going to take away his career. Meanwhile, the gangs in Chicago are killing 40 people a weekend.
1: Right, right. A weekend. Yeah, they've normalized black death. And I mean, that's what, you know, I I wish that these people that advocate for BLM or or anti-racism or whatever, I wish they would really just ask themselves, like, how much have I done? to help the black on black crime. And when I when I mean by that I don't mean saying that this is a government issue, this is a systemic racism issue because at the end of the day everyone has choices that they yes. that they make. I have been I have lived in poverty before. I have been fired. I have, you know, I've been evicted from my apartment before. I have never once in my life chose to get a gun and shoot someone or stab someone or rob someone. Everyone yeah. has choices. And if there's a will, there's a way. My mom, she, she worked multiple jobs to raise me, uh, raise me and my sister when my, when my dad and her got divorced. She never had to shoot anybody (laughs) so I have like I look at her as like an example of like when I think of a strong person I think of someone like her and not someone that says okay I'm just going to resort to violence because I'm not uh either I'm not resourceful enough to figure out a better way to do this or I don't care enough to figure out a better way to do this um it's just it all comes down to choices I don't care if you're starving and you're like I can't eat no, the solution should never be to go rob a go- grocery store. That's not. No, <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly. It's so, so true. God, we can talk about this all day long.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's a good talk. It's a good talk.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Say And have, having you on, I have the most engagement that, that I've ever had on YouTube <laughs>
1: because
0: yeah? mo- most of my followers are on Facebook.
1: Yeah. Well, you're famous. You're famous now. All right.
0: Thank you. Thank you.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So you know you you you're welcome back on anytime you want. Okay. You know, so we can uh, even if you want to get on the other show, we'll have some uh, some deeper talks.
1: Yes. Yes. You know? Absolutely. That's all right. All right cool. Yeah, Thanks for having yeah, me on.
0: Yeah. My pleasure. Because like we like like you said, we definitely need more more of that. Yeah. You know, we need more of that, and as you see, people like it. Yes. <laughs> you know, so all right yeah so this was great uh thank you thank you for everyone who tuned in and who commented if you're not a subscriber please subscribe please share if, if you like the talk right why keep it to yourself share and so we're, we're gonna give you the final word here well the, the final thoughts what do you got for us
1: final thoughts okay final thoughts um and my final thoughts to everyone is that I need y'all to look around for a second and just observe the state of the world. Does this seem normal to you? It's not. <laughs> so if you, <laughs> if you would like the state of the world to not to be as abnormal as it is right now, I would very much appreciate your willingness to start conversations with people on the other side and try to, you know, build some bridges, you know, have those conversations, speak out, you see something, say something. If it doesn't seem right, it's probably not right. This most definitely is not right. So, yeah, the quicker we can get more people on board to actually use their voice and point out the things that are happening right now in the world, the quicker I think we can get on the other side of this and go back to actually, you know, being normal human beings and not talking about race every five minutes.
0: <laughs> normal. What? What is normal? <laughs> uh, yeah, right.
1: You don't even know that.
0: <laughs> all right well yeah well again thank you very much for, for joining don't don't sign out yet though yeah yeah all right yeah it, unless you have to go obviously
1: no no i'm good i'm good
0: all right well all right so i'll see you in a couple minutes <laughs> all right all right so that was gothics. if you're tuning in late you definitely want to go back and watch the whole thing because i feel like we knocked this conversation out of the park and so let me get that last one off the screen there we go. Yeah. So again, if this is your first time tuning in to the show, this is what would I do. I take guests. They it, get them it from all over the world, all walks of life, all backgrounds, and we just get into an organic discussion, just like just like the one we had now. I don't use prepared questions. It's like I know a little bit about about their background, but it's just people sharing about what they've gone through in life and how how they got to doing what they're doing now. So if that appeals to you, I'm here. Tuesday, Wednesday, well, obviously, today's th- Thursday. Thursdays, I do some if the guest is special enough. Wink, wink, ethics. All right, so it's Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday at 11. And then I do my debate show with my lovely daughter on Mondays at 11 o'clock. So this one where we have rational discussions about tough topics. All right, so thank you very much for tuning in and have a great day. You've been listening to Shut Up and Grind.